Ladies and gentlemen, we gather here today to celebrate the wedding of this young and beautiful couple. I thus invite the loving couple to recite their vows. I, Randy, take you, Kate, to be my wife, confidant, and love. I vow to honor and respect you always and to give you my love unconditionally. And I, Kate, take you, Randy, to be my husband, confidant, and love. I vow to honor and respect you always and to give you my love unconditionally. Then, by the power vested in me by the producers of this podcast, I wish you the best of luck. For while marriage aspires to be forever, practicality encourages you both to always seek good counsel. Till death do us pod. Welcome, everyone. This is Till Death Do Us Pod, the show that examines the challenges we all may face in working our way through a failing marriage. Today, we will be coaching families through the holiday season. We'll be talking about how best to maintain your sanity through an already hectic holiday season. We'll be talking about which traditions you may want to retire and which ones you may want to keep after a divorce has been completed. And we'll address how to make sure that your own marital discord does not negatively affect your children's future memories of the holidays. I'm your host, Jay Dolan. I'm a partner with the law firm of Schiller, DeCanto, and Fleck. And today I have two amazing and insightful guests with me. My first guest is a former divorce lawyer turned divorce coach, as well as a divorce survivor herself. Please welcome Kara Francis. With her professional and personal experience, Kara helps clients build confidence, self-trust, and emotional resilience through one-on-one coaching for all stages of the divorce process. From the initial decision to get divorced, to support during the case, to rebuilding and moving on after. Welcome to the show, Kara. Thanks for having me. Oh, it's our pleasure. You know, we're recording this podcast on uh, November 1st, which as I understand it is the official start of the holiday season. I know this because last night after we put our children to bed and uh, my wife and I sat down to watch TV, immediately at about 9 p.m. the the Christmas uh, uh, commercial started to come on television. So I guess we're in it now. And my first question for you is, you know, from the divorcee perspective, is this really the most wonderful time of the year? Mm, Said through gritted teeth, right? Um, (laughs) I guess the short answer is it can be um, if you are very thoughtful and intentional about it. Um, If you take the reins of the sleigh, so to speak. Oh, I like um, that. Then it should be okay. Good, good. Well, we'll dive into that a little further. But before that, I'd like to introduce our second guest, who's a psychologist who helps families through the divorce process. She assists children with their coping skills, provides parent coaching and co-parenting work, and family therapy services. She also conducts clinical and forensic evaluations for families. Please welcome Dr. Holly Sobel. Welcome, Holly. Thank you. It's exciting to be part of this inaugural podcast. It is indeed. It is indeed. And I understand this is your first podcast experience. Yes. Over the past few days, I've listened to my first and second and third and fourth, like <laughs> piling up on these podcasts. So it's been 
fun to listen to. And there's, I'm excited for this one. There's probably very few people who have just listened to a podcast and then the next day jumped on and participated in one. So, you know, I appreciate your, uh, I appreciate your commitment to doing this. Yeah, it can make a person feel nervous. Oh, oh <laughs> it's, it's a very casual, inviting atmosphere here. And so, um, you know, feel free to, to state your mind whenever you think it is appropriate. Sounds good. All right. So, so let, let me start, Holly, with you and say, you know, now that we're getting into the holiday season, do you and your experience think that or see that people are more in need of therapeutic services this time of year? It's hard to answer that question this year and the past couple of years because the pandemic has really caused things to be out of whack. So we saw a huge raise in the amount of people seeking services for their kids and their family um, at times when we usually don't. And things have settled a bit with that. So we may see the normal trends, but we're not there yet. Well, how do you think that, that, that the holiday season or the, how do you think that a divorce or an ongoing divorce or the threat of a pending divorce can affect people as the holidays approach? In so many ways, there's some families trying to figure out when to tell their children about a divorce that they've been planning and other families trying to figure out how they can all both parents spend time together with the children on their holidays. There's gift giving. There's the parent piece of it and their own self-care. So where would you like to start? Well, sure. So, <laughs> so what's the best time to tell kids that there's going to be a divorce? I assume it's not Christmas morning, but uh, you know, what, what do you think on that front? And that's tricky because some parents will come in to see me and say, we're we want to figure out when to tell the kids what they're going to get a, that we're divorcing, but we want to spend the holiday all together. And even if they're not actively arguing, kids can often pick up on the silence or the nonverbal cues. It's helpful to sometimes tell the kids over winter break because they don't have the added pressure of school, and parents may have time off of work, so they have they're more available to help them with coping and to comfort them. But we want to maintain the meaningfulness and the joy of the holidays. So sometimes we just take out our calendars and find that date in between these things when they can share the news with their kids. It's interesting because I, people often ask me as a divorce lawyer, when you know, what's the busy time of year? And part of my answer is always that whenever everyone is in their system, in their routine, mom and dad are at work, the kids are in school, and, and, and the system is running as it should, those are some of the calmer times. But what I find is during times of vacation, during times of holidays, when kids are out of school, when parents are at home together, that perhaps there's more opportunity for conflict because everybody's out of their routine and, and we're all spending time together. And, and I think you're absolutely right. You know, there are a lot of families that want to spend the holidays together, but I don't know that they have the skill set or tools to spend the holidays together in sort of a peaceful, meaningful way. And so, you know, Kara, when you're working with someone as a divorce coach, how do you sort of help them prepare for and get into the holiday season, understanding that they might be spending a significant amount of time with someone that they're going to be divorcing very soon? Mm -hmm. <clears throat> yeah, I think above all, communication is key. Um, you're going to be a parent with this person for the rest of your life. So um, now is a great time to kind of start off on that united front um, and learn how to process your emotions effectively with a coach 
so to speak, so that they aren't coming out in relation to your spouse. Um, And if you do have that safe space to kind of vent and also just plan for certain conversations and get on the same page with your spouse, that can alleviate a lot of that weight that can be present during the actual conversation itself. That's a great point because I I often tell my own clients too, if you're thinking about sending a nasty email to your spouse, send it to me instead because it's <laughs> yeah. it, it, sometimes it helps to emote and it helps to get those emotions out. But certainly I'd rather uh, have them talking to you or, or you, Dr. Sobel, who can actually you know help them emotionally through the process just as, as opposed to being the recipient of a nasty email. Um, but... Um, Tell me, Kara, as when, when someone is working with or, or, or trying to communicate effectively with their spouse, what if that spouse is not cooperative, right? Or what if it's someone that doesn't want to co-parent with them? Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, hopefully by this point, that is something that you've already kind of picked up on, even in just your communications together as a couple. Um, so I don't think it would come out of left field necessarily that there may be some difficulty here. Um, but what I like to remind my clients is that you can only control yourself. You cannot control your spouse um, and you cannot control your children's reactions. So um, it's as long as you show up in a loving, kind way, that is what your children are going to remember. And so try to stay focused on the things within your control, because once things get out of our control, that's when the emotions get more heightened and things can start to spiral. Yeah, that's great advice. Holly, from the children's perspective, you know, what what challenges do they face independent of their parents when they see that, you know, perhaps this might be the last holidays that their parents are spending together. Well, that can come along with rituals and traditions. Okay. And they can be generational. And the literature has shown that it's important for adolescent sense of identity to strengthen family relationships. And it's even been linked to academic success. But there's no reason that we can't modify traditions. So Friendsgiving is a made-up holiday, and it's huge. There's Christmas in July, so there's no reason that families can't get their own catchphrase and have new ways to celebrate the holidays. Wait, um, what's Friendsgiving? I've never heard of that. you never heard of Friendsgiving? <laughs> no. Have you, Kara? <laughs> yes. I've Everyone except for you. Really? It's when I, I've it's never heard of this. When friends get together <laughs> to celebrate Thanksgiving, it's usually the day before-ish. Or sometimes like the weekend the before. The weekend before. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. My producers, you know, Caroline and Jesse, seem to be nodding here. I'm the only one that's late to the Friendsgiving, uh, you know, celebration here. And it's also taking the kids' lead because some kids are excited. Ooh, two parties. And some kids are feeling, uh, expressing loss and confusion. And so validating the kids where they are um, and also framing the changes in a positive light. I'm interested in the interplay between maintaining old traditions and creating new traditions. And there may be, you know, I'm sure there are many families out there that have traditions such as flying to Florida to celebrate, you know, the, the holidays with grandparents or traveling to New York, something like that, to, uh, you know, spend time with siblings and their children. So, Kara, from a divorcee's perspective, how do you differentiate uh, 
keeping the old traditions versus versus creating new traditions post-divorce. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So from the perspective of either an individual who doesn't have children or maybe a parent who the children are with the other parent for the holidays. Um, I think the biggest takeaway for me was to just listen to your gut um, and, and tap into what feels most supportive and most healing for you because you've been through a year of so much challenge and transition and change. And um, so much of that is outside of your control. Um, this is one of the things that is within your control. It might not feel that way because you might feel that pressure of, well, this is what we do every year. I don't want to disappoint people. This is what I should do. Um, but if you're doing things from that place as opposed to a conscious choice of this is what feels good for me, um, it's going to kind of defeat the purpose of doing the tradition in the first place because you may be feeling anger or resentment or anxiety. Um, and so... What I, my perspective is that, you know, this is your year to have a free pass. You get to do whatever you want. Um, and your loved ones will understand, or at least they should. And that's kind of where setting boundaries comes in, which I know we'll talk about later. But take advantage of this because this is one of those years where people will understand if what you normally do every year is not going to be nourishing for you. Um, and for some people, doing what you traditionally do can be very nourishing. It can provide that stability um, and that love and support. And if that feels good to you, then lean into that. Um, but there are so many other options, such as going on a trip, celebrating with friends, um, as well as just staying home and doing nothing. Um, and I'll just share what I did uh, my first holiday season. And so I am more of an introvert. Um, and big social gatherings in general tend to overwhelm me. And I know this about myself. And I'm kind of the type of person who, if I am hurt or wounded, I like to heal in isolation. I like to be alone, kind of like when an animal goes into hiding. You know, I need that solitude, and I know that about myself. And so I leaned into that, and I stayed here in Chicago, and I spent a lot of time alone and reading and cooking and just doing whatever I wanted. And that for me was very empowering to just do whatever I wanted. Um, and I still found a way to balance the traditions um, because my parents came here, you know, the weekend before Christmas and we did gifts. So there is like a happy medium if that is what you want to do. Um, but yeah, I think the takeaway here is just listen to your gut. And I would say that from the child perspective, if a parent is having challenges with the changes that are going on for them, to let their child know that they're, they're okay, they're going to be okay for this holiday, because that really gives their kid permission to enjoy their celebration that they have with the other parent. No, that's, that's great advice. And in many of the families that, that, that we see come through the divorce system, it, it's common to have parents that are different religions. And, you know, while they may share traditions or mix those traditions together, when they're married, once there is a divorce or a separation, 
people tend to retire to their own corners, sort of religiously or culturally speaking. And so as a co-parenting coach and a, and a family therapist, Holly, how do you help people work through those sort of religious or, or traditional differences once there is a, where there was once family, one family, now there are two? And it can be tough whether there's different religions or the same religion, because there can be different levels of observance. And I think, again, it's important to communicate with the children so that they're not confused or uncomfortable if things are different in each home. So, for instance, if at mom's, the first four nights of Hanukkah, you're laying the menorah, and at dad's, they're not following that ritual, it, it's good for the kid to know that it's okay ahead of time and know what to expect. And it's also helpful if parents do have some consistency. So perhaps both mom and dad are going to have an elf on the shelf if they celebrate that holiday. And what about gift giving? Because I, I know I came from a divorced family. My wife came from a divorced family. And as a result, our children now uh, have multiple Christmases and Hanukkahs where they are just essentially showered with gifts. And and so how do you help people uh, in divorced families navigate gift giving? And like Kara said, communication is important (laughs) once again, and deciding who's going to buy what having some discussion about the big ticket items so there's some equity in what each parent is providing for their child and whether or not the gifts are going to travel with the kid. So if they have been really wanting a gift and they open it on Christmas Eve and have a couple hours with it and then don't get to play with it again for a week until they're back at that parent's home, that can be really sad for them. In in the same vein of uh, communication and cooperation, how does travel over the holidays affect sort of children's enjoyment of the holidays? Meaning if a lot of families like to spend perhaps Christmas Eve at mom's house and Christmas Day at dad's house and sort of divide it up. And what advice would you have to families in terms of how best to allocate the holiday time so that the children get to spend holidays with both parents? And having that decided ahead of time communication once again. And you had said at the start that this can be really a lifelong impression that you're leaving on your children. And so deciding whether the kid's going to have contact with the other parent on these holidays, if you know, by FaceTime, or now all we do is Zoom, (laughs) um, so that you're really looking at everything through the child's lens, putting them first and giving them what's going to make them feel secure for the holidays. And Kara, how do you work with clients who may say, hey, I, I, I want my kids with me every Christmas. I, I, I want every Hanukkah. I, I want every holiday, every Thanksgiving. You know, how, how do you work through that issue with people to sort of, you know, let them see their children's perspective as well? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's what I was just going to say. This is, this is really about the children, especially at, when they're in a young age. Um, and being able to put their interests first um, because they may not remember any particular holiday when they get older um, or who they spent it with or what happened, but they will remember how the holidays felt for them. Did it feel safe? Did it feel loving? Or was there that tension and that hostility um, and that sense of inequity? So I think always putting their interests first and foremost as far as how you want them to feel. Yeah, I, I think that's I think that's good advice. Uh, let, let's talk about vacations. So, in in a divorce setting, usually 
children are going to have winter break off from school, and winter break is generally two weeks. Um, we like to, in the divorce uh, you know, arena, allocate one week to one parent and one week to the other parent. That first week generally is going to include uh, you know, Christmas Eve, Christmas Day, and that second week is going to you know, be the travel week when people like to go and get out of town. Um, Holly, for, from the kids' perspective, do, do you think that it's important for, uh, for the kids to see both parents on major holidays? Is it okay to travel, you know, every other year? You know, how do you think contact with the kids around the major holidays should be handled? And that's, again, planning ahead of time and determining whether or not there's going to be that contact. And that's figured out really for each individual family. But but it's if if a parent doesn't see their children on Thanksgiving one year, it's it's not going to have a devastating effect on the children, is it? If they if they know in advance, you know, you'll spend Thanksgiving with mom this year, and next year you have Thanksgiving with dad. And again, it's different for every kid and every family. But that's why we're building in these new traditions. So Thanksgiving is with dad this year, but Saturday Turkey Day is with mom this year. So they know that both parents are covering them for the holidays. A major component of any holiday celebration is the is the inclusion of extended family members, right? The the, the you know the exposure to grandparents, aunts, uncles, and then possibly in a divorced family new partners and new family members. So Holly, how would you recommend or address the, you know, the exposure of kids to maybe extended family or new family members at, you know, when the parents are going through or just completing a divorce? That's great to be able to include extended family and, again, keep up traditions. Um, when it comes to a new partner, there's different nuances within each family, but really considering the amount of time the child has already spent with this person and or their children and the quality of that relationship so generally, holidays are not a good time to for introductions. Yeah, no, that 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 would make sense, and and so you know, if there is going to be a new partner, you know, ideally that's something that would sort of be built up to the holidays and not just sort of thrust upon you know children you know at the holiday celebration, right? Yeah. And in that same vein, Kara, do you think that there are sort of guidelines or concepts for, you know, setting appropriate boundaries in these family, extended family, uh, new partner situations? Yeah, um, boundaries are super important, but they're, they're tough to do. I mean, they make us uncomfortable. Um, but I, I guess what I'll say is you can either choose to be uncomfortable setting the boundary or you can choose to be uncomfortable when someone violates your unknown boundary. So choose your heart, I guess. But um, boundaries are really about um, communicating to somebody else what you're going to do um, in relation to them. It's not really about telling other people what to do. It's about telling them what I'm going to do. Um, and I think one good recommendation that I can make is a book by Nedra Tawab called Set Boundaries, Find Peace. Um, and she walks through 
so many helpful tips on, you know, signs that you need to set boundaries, how to communicate a boundary effectively, um, common ways that people respond when you share your boundary and how to handle that. Um, I think especially around the holidays, there might be some pushback or boundary testing. And so how do you respond in those situations, as well as how to process your own emotions after setting a boundary and not getting caught up in that guilt um, of potentially disappointing people. Um, But boundaries are really in the classic of it's not you, it's me. And it's making it about you and not what they're doing or what you want them to do. I like that. I, 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 um, I always think back of si- uh, the Seinfeld episode where the, uh, where George's girlfriend breaks up with him and she says, it's not you, it's me. And he's like, what are you talking about? It's me. It's always me. I invented it's not you, it's me. So that's, that, that's good. I appreciate that. Uh, Dr. Sobel, do you have any uh, material books, podcasts, anything like that, that our listeners may want to refer to if, if they want to uh, you know, understand more about the challenges people are going through this time of year? Well, now at least I can say that I've listened to podcasts. Indeed, yes. <laughs> um, but there are a couple of references that I have that um, can be helpful. A lot of parents like the book Two Homes, One Childhood by Robert Emery. It's E-M-E-R-Y. And for parents who are really struggling with their cooperative communication, Overcoming the Co-Parenting Trap by Matthew Sullivan is a good one. And you can listen to an audio clip, Three Girls Invisible Pain. And this is three sisters in a brief interview. And a nice chunk of it is talking about how it's been difficult to celebrate holidays with their parents being in conflict. That, that's excellent. And so on our website, uh, sdflaw.com, we can post uh, links to all of this material. So if you're interested in, in reading up or following up more on these topics, please visit us on our website and uh, we'll give you links to accessing this material. Uh, ladies, if, if someone is interested in following up with you or working with you, uh, where can they find you? Dr. Sobel? <laughs> My practice is Psychological Assessment, Consultation, and Treatment. PACT is the acronym. And my email is packed at hollysobel.com, H-O-L-L-I-E-S-O-B-E-L. And that is also my website, hollysobel.com. And to be complete, my phone number, 872-588-5585. And you're located in Chicago. Yes, I'm in Lakeview. Okay, lovely. Kara? Yeah, so um, I am currently in Chicago, but only for the rest of this week. And then I will be moving to New York. Uh, But I can coach clients anywhere. Um in any state. So that doesn't really impact the services I provide. Um, you can find me on my website, carafrancoaching.com, or you can find me at, on Instagram, uh, which also has a link back to my website at carafrancoaching. Lovely. Well, uh, thank you, everyone. It's been a pleasure talking about this. I think this is a great way to sort of kick off the holiday season. And so uh, thanks again for joining us to the listeners. Thanks for listening. Thanks for joining us on our inaugural podcast. And uh, until next time, remember to make good choices. Happy holidays.